Compliance is a profession where people work tirelessly to make the world a better place. And there are hundreds of amazing and inspiring women who have helped the field develop into what it is today. Great Women in Compliance is part of the Compliance Podcast Network. So join Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine as they talk with women in compliance who are making a difference. Welcome to Great Women in Compliance. Um, I'm Lisa Fine, and we're very excited to speak with Ellen Hunt today. Um, she's the Senior Vice President of Audit, Ethics, and Compliance, and the Compliance Officer there. Um, in her past roles at AARP, she's been the Interim Vice President of Internal Audit, uh, Vice President and Ethics Officer, and started as a Director in her time there. She's previously held different roles at U.S. Food Service um, and at Blue Cross Blue Shield and Healthcare Services Corporation um, in the Compliance Function. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Ellen, and welcome. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Great. Um, so one of the big questions or things we've been thinking about lately is working with boards of directors. And I know that in your role, you work frequently with your board and you've been building relationships with them. Could you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. My pleasure. So um, in all of my roles, I've had the opportunity opportunity to work with the boards. And at my current role at AERP, I actually report to three different audit committees within the AERP corporate structure. Um, I, I think that one of the things that is paramount is having that relationship, uh, particularly for me with the audit committee, uh, who has oversight, not only, of course, on um, internal audit and external audit, but also on the ethics and compliance program. Um, it's really important that you have a relationship with these folks well before you may have to come to them with a uh, critical uh, uh, audit finding or an investigation of potentially one of their colleagues or an executive C-suite member. Uh, and, um, you know, one of the ways to do that is figure out what they're interested in and where they're strengths uh, and talents are and um, have a dialogue with them. So I, I connect with my audit chairs well before the audit committee meetings, talk about those agendas, share articles uh, and other things that are of interest to me. And we, we, we've built a rapport um, so that, you know, they know that they can call me and I can call them. And I, I think that's just, that's just a critical, critical function in a relationship for any ethics and compliance office. Yeah, absolutely. I was um, wondering with you about how do you see gender as part of uh, boards of directors, uh, women representation, and sort of how you've built relationships, um, and if there's anything you'd want to comment about on that topic. Yeah, you know, that, that that's just such, a, such an interesting question. It really, really made me pause and think through my career, and I have, I have to say that I think I have been extremely fortunate in that the organizations that I have been with, particularly Blue Cross and also um, ERP, there has been a, a fair representation by women, not only on the boards, but also as part of the management team. So I, I haven't had the experience of being the lone woman in the room. Uh, and, and I think that that, that has been a very empowering uh, and and very liberating in a certain way that you know I don't I don't feel that I had to chop down the forest or clear the field 
uh, because there were other really strong, intelligent women who did that for me. And by the time I got there, I wasn't, you know, the only, the only female. Uh, I realized that that's not the experience that every uh, woman has. Uh, I do realize there's still some industries where are very male dominated, uh, particularly when you get to the board or the C-suite level. Um, and what I just say then is if you're in that position, um, don't get discouraged because you're, you're paving the path. You're clearing the field. You're, you're the pioneer going out west. And what you're doing is, is, is clearing a path for those who are going to follow you. Uh, and um, think about how you can utilize your different perspective to your advantage. Um, I think one of the things that women may bring to the field that I think is important and not exclusively is empathy and the ability to listen and um, think about how you how if you you know are the sole woman in the room, how do you utilize that? How do you put forth that different perspective you may have that um, your male counterparts don't? That's what that's frankly the that distinction makes you valuable, and that's what you know the value you bring to the room. So um, cherish the fact that you're you know in the room where it happens, and um, don't try to blend in or make yourself more male-like, be who you are. That's great. And I think that that following on to that, um, I was wondering about how do you find people to support you in those efforts, um, both in terms of mentoring and how, if you are either the only woman in the room, as you said, or, you know, with other women in the room, how do you, you know, build that and learn to get to that point? Yeah, so so I think that one of the things that we have to do when we look at our career is you've got to think about the difference between who's a mentor and who's a sponsor. And those are those are different things. We spend a lot of time about telling people to go get a mentor. Uh, and that's very important, valuable. But a, a good mentor is going to share their path with you and tell you how they succeeded. A great one will actually help you on your own path. But a sponsor is somebody who's different. They're actually your advocate, and they're really out there um, making things happen for you. So ideally, your, your audit chair and people on your board, you want them to be sponsors. These are people of great influence who can help you. Um, maybe uh, find other positions or opportunities and um, also will be there when you need somebody in the room advocating for you and you might not be there, right? Um, And I don't think we spend time thinking about the difference and why you need both uh, and um, really being brave enough to ask for somebody to be your sponsor. Um, sometimes I don't want to be too stereotypical, but sometimes women don't ask. We don't say to maybe our CEO or audit chair uh, or somebody else we know who may be very influ- uh, influential, but not you know necessarily in our own organization. I need you to sponsor me. This is what I want. I want to be on a board. I want to 
enhance my career by having another leadership opportunity. I want, we don't say, we don't say that. And then somehow we're disappointed that we didn't get it. So um, I just think we need to think very carefully about those people who are our mentors, which is kind of that inner circle of close, trusted friends that we can share information on and, and get advice from versus our sponsors, who are the people who are going to help us um, get to that next level. Yeah, well, that's terrific. Um, and with that, um, in terms of compliance as a function, um, what have you seen over the last couple of years in terms of it keeps growing and what you see are the strengths and what would you like to see over the um, next few years? You know, I just I think in the last 20, what, 20 plus years, we have as a profession established ourselves. And that's just kind of um, astounding uh, in just such a short period of time, uh, you know, that that small little chapter eight in the federal sensing guidelines has has become really an industry and a profession that has a tremendous amount of credibility. And that I just when I look back, I, I'm in awe. Um, but I'm also just very aware that we have to, uh, as the profession ourselves, continuously disrupt our, our industry Uh, And I am relieved and also, frankly, just um, very um, inspired by the fact that we are no longer the department of no and and simply focused on compliance where all we do is tell people you must, you should. One of the roles that I enjoy the most and find the most fulfilling, frankly, is that of ethics officer. Um, I became a lawyer because I wanted to help people with their problems. Being the ethics officer helps me do that. And, you know, compliance is the floor, but ethics is the ceiling. And that opportunity to really talk with people about it's not just what we can do, but what should we do and how should we do it, that I think is the absolute uh, differentiator for us as we move forward. And we've got to do that with data analytics and um, better continuous monitoring and continually upping the bar on how we interact with our with our clients and with the business folks. And um, I think there's a great opportunity for talking about trust as the absolute competitive advantage. Yeah, I absolutely agree there. And there's a lot out there talking about that, you know, this is a competitive advantage. Um, I really appreciate your time. Is there anything else you would like to mention before we close up? Um, Just a wonderful opportunity to talk with you today. And um, I would just like to plug, uh, if I could, the Women in Compliance Awards. Um, I think it's great. We've got something that's um, recognizing women in the field. Uh, and um, if you have a chance to nominate somebody before the deadline, please do. Mary Shirley spoke with Yvette Lingham earlier today and spoke in detail about the award. So not only have you plugged it, um, if people would like more information about the process and how to apply, there's more out there. Um, and thank you very much. Um, and I hope you have a really good rest of the day and take care. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Great Women in Compliance. We hope you'll join us in honoring the great women in the compliance field by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review.